You got binoculars. <laughs> Did y'all see that? That woman just said rape. Do you, do you, did it make you feel good to say, because I'm black, that I was coming to rape you? I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. When I was approaching you, I'm going to ask you a question. When I was approaching you, did I approach you with my phone out? So if, if I'm approaching you with my phone out, what would make you think that I'm coming to rape you? Because she was watching us with binoculars while we're over there grilling. Why is she sitting out here on the porch with binoculars out in her hands watching us and the family while we're grilling? What are you afraid that I'm going to see with my binoculars? You're not going to see anything with your binoculars. I'm coming up to you to ask you because I'm asking you why are you, why do you have your binoculars out watching us barbecue? Why are you watching us? So why are you watching us? Know how the night ended. Orlando Castile shot in his car after being pulled over by police. But why was he stopped in the first place? I'm gonna stop a car. The officer gives the license plate of the car Castile was driving. Simulcast <laughs> episode 213. You see, I had done this a while back, and um, it's funny. A week ago, uh, the biggest thing on my list of uh, items to be upset about was uh, the way that Kevin Durant was being treated for the. Uh, <laughs> the decision he made to go to the Golden State Warriors. It was all good just a week ago, like literally one week ago. The biggest concern that I had was Kevin Durant going to the Warriors and how people were burning his jerseys. And I was fully, fully prepared to do a show about how people burning jerseys of Kevin Durant um, was reminiscent and LeBron James was reminiscent of uh, people lynching and burning uh, black men black people, I'm sorry, black men and women, uh, back in the, uh, 1800s, 1900s, uh, and I, I mean, I was really ready, I had video, I had, um, I had just 
tons and tons of thoughts about it. I was ready to go in. I mean, I was Superman now. I was like, you, you know, I was fully. And then, and then, let me just start this off by saying I uh, appreciate y'all checking me out. Um, singlesimulcast.com is the movement. You can check me out at www.singlesimulcast.com. You can also check us out at um, iTunes and uh, on Stitcher um, and a lot of other places. Um, 916-572-9016 is the uh, voicemail number. Uh, singlesimulcast at gmail.com is the email address. Um, what's going on, John? Um, the reason why I can say that is because I'm also recording on Facebook while I'm doing this because there's a lot of things that just need to be said. Um, now before I get started, let me just go ahead and put it in the basis level possible that, um, over the past week, um, three, uh, black men were shot and killed by police. Um, the, uh, first gentleman, well, three black men were shot and killed by police uh, who weren't doing shit. There's probably more, but these were the ones who were caught on camera not doing shit. So uh, there's probably like 60. I'm just guessing. Um, but the first uh, black male who was uh, killed by cops was Alton Sterling. Uh, he was in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, selling CDs um, out front of a store. Uh and a homeless man uh, came up to him and asked for money and Alton said no and the homeless man persisted in uh, asking for money because how much did the dollar cost um, and Alton said no again and then um, the homeless man who didn't have any money called the fucking police like you really have to see the humor in that the, it's not funny that Alton died it's funny that the homeless man who had no money called the police so that nigga either had a cell phone or a payphone, and either way it goes them things cost um and told the police that a man was there with a gun and the police came out and uh hemmed out and up there's really no other way to put it they hemmed him up and um after they hemmed him up they shot him a long story short that is really a a the 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 truncated version of that story what's going on tommy vegas um man has cds in front of a store uh officers approach him officers take man down man ain't doing shit man happens to have a gun on him it's it's not pulled you know it's it's in his waistband it's just for protection and cops kill men. So that was the first uh, person to be murdered by police in the past week. Like I said, there's probably more. But like uh, the homie Rod said, these are the ones we got on camera. So there it is. Um, then a couple of days later, like literally the next day. Literally, the next day, Phil Castile got killed by police. And um, here's the thing that, that gets me about um, this tragedy. Because all it's tragic. It's, it's simply, there's no other way to put it. It's tragic. Um, Phil was in a car with his girl and with his girlfriend and his daughter and told the police, 
when they pulled him over because they said that he had a, a busted taillight. Um, he told the police that um, he had a, a concealed weapon, that he had a permit to carry concealed. And uh, they heard all that and they were like, yeah, you were uh, the, you look like, uh, fuck it, glock, glock, glock. Um, long story short, truncated story. Again, truncated version. Um, they shot this man with his girlfriend next to him and his four-year-old uh, daughter in the backseat. Um, they shot into a car with a child in the vehicle. And um, it's, 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 really, it's really just a out-and-out horrendous tragedy. Um, and if I say that I am scared now, it wouldn't be anything new because I live my life scared. But I am literally petrified because what happened is that the um, recording, the audio recording of the uh, police seeing um, Mr. Castile uh, came out and they said that uh, what actually happened, the the, the police recording, the police uh, radio said that he had a wide nose from here to here. I'm, I'm pointing at my own face because he had a wide nose like most black people do. You know, us nappy, our, our black niggas, nappy hair and big lips and big noses. Um, he had a wide nose just like the person who did the armed robbery, which made him instantly a suspect. Uh, and it's that simple. They made him a suspect. They then uh, proceeded to pull him over and murder him. So... Uh, So those two things occurred. And then the third, because tragedy always happens in threes, the third person to get uh, murdered by the police was Alva Brazil. Um, uh, this occurred on uh, July 9th. Um, he was shot 10 times uh, by police officers in Houston, Texas. Um, they were driving down the street, the officers, do I diddy diddy dum diddy do, uh, when they saw Alva allegedly waving a revolver in the air while standing in the street, um, officers stopped and explained to Alva that he needed to drop the gun, but he didn't do it. Uh, Houston police shared that a civilian also told him to put down the gun, but Alva wouldn't drop it. There was no way to convince him to drop it, which then turned into the police handling the situation with Alva Brazil. I'm going to read this whole thing out and then I'm going to just uh, keep going because it's important that you know the whole story. So then when you get these thoughts in your head, I can really bust them out for you. Uh, Alva Brazil refused to put down the gun and then pointed it at officers. This was when they decided to shoot him. Both officers are under investigation for the shooting. So far, it doesn't appear that anyone got video of what went down with Alva Brazil to back up what the police officers are saying what happened happened. Now, you have to know that when it came to Alton, even though they said they had uh, body cameras, the body cameras somehow fell off uh, during the event because they're not as secure as you need them to be in case of shooting black people. Um, they, the thing about this one is with, with Al Brazil is that people are going to say, well, um, he pulled a gun and he pointed it at the police and they did what they had to do to protect themselves. Here's the thing about that. 
I have seen multiple uh, events involving white men and white women pointing guns at officers within the past year, and none of them got killed. As a matter of fact, uh, I bet you I could point it, I could, I could type it out, and it'll come up. And usually, this is the point in my show where I will play Jeopardy music in the background while I look something up. But today, I'm going live, so I don't have that uh, that luxury. So, white people pointing guns at police. I'm hoping this will actually bring something up. If it doesn't, it's bing. Um, eight people who pointed guns at police officers and live. Uh, let's see here. Armed Michigan man Joseph Hausman refused to identify himself, grabbed his crotch, flipped the bird, and cussed the cops out. Houseman was intoxicated and didn't have an ID. Uh, and for 40 minutes, the police tried to get him, tried to get the belligerent man to put his weapon down. And all the while, he was screaming, "The revolution is coming!" and accusing the cops of being a gang. He's right. He he he's he's right. Um, he told the police he had a legal right to threaten police officers and their family. He he didn't get killed, y'all. I just I'm I'm and I'm I mean, look. A lot of people that I know are in the mindset of, uh, of believing that when we say black lives matter, that means that no other lives matter. And that's not the way that this works. It's not the way that things operate in the real world. When we say black lives matter, we simply mean that we want you to be aware of our lives in the event that you are in a place where our lives are in danger. We just want you to know that our lives matter just as much as the dog next to us or the lion in the cage behind us or the gorilla down the block. That's really it. We matter just as much as any other citizen that is out there at that point in time. We matter just as much as any citizen in the world, period. That's really all we're saying when we say Black Lives Matter. And what people hear is that when we say Black Lives Matter is that we're pushing you out. Like, if we say Black Lives Matter, the... uh, the white person who was standing in line in front of us gets pushed out of line. If we say Black Lives Matter, then the Hispanic people and the Asian people just get pushed out of line and all we're concerned about is us. And that's not the point. That is not the truth. That is not the case. We are concerned about everybody. I am literally one of the most empathetic motherfuckers you'll ever meet in your entire fucking life. I care so much about other people that I literally make myself sick trying to make sure that everybody else is taken care of uh, because they matter. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Asian, Samoan, do the hump, you hump. Um, it, it's just the way that I am. So to say <coughs> that, to say that black lives matter means that only certain people matter is disingenuous. We're saying that everybody matters, but we should matter too. It's like your parents saying, um, dinner's here, and you sit down and you start eating all the steak and the mashed potatoes and the bread and the dessert, and your parents are like, eat your vegetables too, and you're like, fucking hell, mom! Now you're just telling me to forget about the steak? I'm not going to forget about the steak just for the salad. I'm not going to... No, we're not telling you to do that, nitwit. We're not telling you to forget about the fucking steak. Just notice the salad. Just be aware that the fucking salad is there. Pay attention to the salad sometimes. 
Dude, it's like getting your dick sucked. Remember the balls. My balls matter. Really, that's it. We're just saying it is a whole. Don't forget about us when you, we're having this conversation. Don't leave us out. And people are saying that because we're saying that black lives matter, white lives don't matter, and cops don't matter. Which doesn't make any sense at all because the last time I checked, there's a lot of fucking black police officers out there. I know a lot of them. I know a whole heap of them, mom. So to say that they don't matter, that's kind of a, 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 a paradox. Because if we say black lives matter, but we're saying the cops don't matter, which is what white folks are saying, and we're saying a lot of white folks are saying that. I'm not saying all white people. I'm just saying some white people are saying that. So to say that black lives matter, but that cops' lives don't matter, that doesn't work because some black folks are cops. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so anyways, a lot of my homies have taken to the um, the streets and saying that uh, cops are all bad seeds and that uh, you know one bad apple ruins the batch and that there's been enough bad apples and now the whole batch is completely just spoiled and I see where they're coming from I feel that um, it's not fully my mindset I do believe that there needs to be a whole lot of changes with cops and one of my homegirls um, does a show uh, called Just Thinking Out Loud. Uh, her name is Miss Bougetto. What's good? Um, she asked one day, um, why don't y'all, why don't more of y'all in the neighborhood become cops? First of all, I'm 36 and I'm fat. <laughs> so I don't think I passed the fucking test. So that's why I wouldn't be a cop. I mean, I would. It pays, and it's a job, and if I wanted to, I'd really do it because I need help. But here's the thing about cops. Here's how I think about cops. And this is just Rashani thinking out loud, um, which is available on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Um, a police officer, being a police officer to me, is a lot like when you were a teenager and your friend worked at McDonald's. And you were walking to McDonald's and you were like 17, 16, 18, whatever. And it was their first job. And you were getting out of school and you were like, yo, what's up, Roy? And they were like, yo, what's up, Ed? And you were like, yo, nothing much. Hey, I see you're working at McDonald's. I see you're working hard. Won't you hook it up? I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, man, I see you working hard at your job. It's your new job. You like it a lot. I hear the burgers not sizzling because McDonald's burgers don't fucking sizzle. I still don't know how they cook those sons of bitches. I see the, the, the chicken oil and the fry grease. That's the only sizzling I hear. You don't hear burgers sizzle at McDonald's. I don't know how they cook those sons of bitches. If anybody works there, please just let me know. Hit me up on the DM. Yes, that's what my DM is for, is fucking food issues. Um, anyhow, so, hook it up. Well, dude, this is my job. I can't really hook it up because I'll get in trouble. Well, dude, you ain't shit. And I think that's really what we think about when we think about cops. Like, cops, when we're on the outside looking in, we're just like cops are big-ass bullies who don't come to my neighborhood because they don't want to deal with my people, but then when they deal with my people, they deal too violently. And I don't think that that's really the whole. I don't think that's the whole thought. I think that when cops, when you actually become a cop, I think that that's when you see that cops are in a lot of fucked up situations. 
and black cops especially are in a lot of fucked up situations because the fucked up situations they see involve black people more often than not not because we're committing the crimes but because we're the ones who are usually standing up when people get killed and so people in your own neighborhood are like yo Bobby got shot by a police officer what are you gonna do about it and the cop is like I I I I don't really know what I'm going to do about it. I'm, I'm upset. Bobby was my homie, but at the same time, this is my job and I'm not going to be able to, I'm just one person. I'm just one person. What can one person do against millions? And they're like, you got to stand up and say something. And then he goes to work and he's the only black person there. And they're talking about how it's a brotherhood and, you don't want to stand up against the blue shield or whatever because the glass ceiling, I'm just speaking off movies that I saw, but it's, you don't want to do that. And so he's like, I'm in a rock, I'm between a rock and a hard place. I can't really speak against my brothers because I'll get destroyed. As soon as people speak up against police officers or say anything bad about the police officers, immediately, immediately, the first thing that happens is that the police union puts out a thing saying, fuck you. I mean, that's really paraphrasing, but the first thing that happens is that the union puts out a thing that says, this person is full of shit, and it's not associated with police at all. Matter of fact, they just put one out a couple of hours ago where, um, I think it was in uh, Washington, a dude uh, said that uh, police officers should be ashamed of themselves for what they're doing. Oh, no, Nevada City, California. Uh, Nevada City... Police Officers Association said Councilwoman Renette Sternum should resign after she said the Dallas attack was completely incited by police on Facebook. She said that on Facebook. They came back and said, fuck you, bitch. They didn't say, we'll think about it. They didn't say, uh, we're working in our community to do these things to help out uh, bridge the gap between police officers and civilians. They didn't say none of that. They went from zero to 100 real quick and immediately went to fuck you. Bitch, kill yourself. That is the first steps they took. Real talk. You can look at it. It is right here. The police officers association said we stand and, and, and the... <laughs> so the police officers association says fuck you to this woman for saying that. And, um other groups that are in no way affiliated with the police department, because I don't know if you noticed, but sheriffs and police are two separate entities. Um, the sheriff said, you know what? They are absolutely right. We stand with the police officers association in Nevada city and calling for her immediate resignation. Her comments are wholly unacceptable and inflammatory. So now all the police in this area are like, yo, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. Because she said that the police officers need to step back and take a look at what they're doing. If you actually work in that facility and you say that the police might be to blame for this, you're going to fucking die. They're, they're going to they're gonna find a way to get you out. Either you're going to get murked or your career is just... You're not going to get any promotions because you're speaking out against the police that you're supposed to be working with. And so now they're saying inciting more hate in the face of a hate-based tragedy is enough by itself, but accusing police officers, the very ones she now has power over, of having orders to kill and reaping what they sow when they're murdered is appalling. Let me say this again. 
I mourn for black folks when they get killed. I mourn for white folks when they get killed. I mourn, period. We're we're mourners. Um, Seattle mourners. Um, but that's a baseball team joke. Y'all don't know because fuck baseball. So, um, when the cops were killed in Dallas during the protest, I was like, damn, that's not good. A, because people lost their lives. That's the, that's the, the, the paramount thing. That's the main thing. People lost their lives. But B, people lost their lives while a Black Lives Matter protest was going on. Not at the Black Lives Matter protest, but while it was going on, people lost their lives. And that's all people need to say that black people are killing police. That Black Lives Matter is a gang. And, um... That concerns me because, well, there's a million reasons why it fucking concerns me, but, um, the number one reason why it concerns me that folks are saying that black folks are the ones who killed the police or that black lives matter is the reason why those police officers died is because at my place of employment, at my job, job, out of nowhere, uh, people were coming up to me and asking me how I felt about the uh, cops being killed at the Black Lives Matter rally. Out of nowhere. I mean, these are folks who haven't talked to me all day uh, for the past week. I'm sitting at my cubicle working and just thinking about the folks who have gotten killed by police because they got killed by the police. There's not a question. It's not like we can debate that. It's not like we can walk circles around that and then put a pen in it and jog it back later on. They were killed by police. Nobody said shit. Nobody said anything about Alton. Nobody said anything about Phil. Nobody said anything about Alva. Nobody said shit about shit. But as soon as the police were killed by um, Micah, all of a sudden, people wanted to come over to me and talk to me about Black Lives Matter. People wanted to come over and talk to me about the events that happened yesterday. Oh, my God. Rashani, did you hear about what happened at, at, at Dallas? Yeah, I heard about it. It's a tragedy. I'm very uh, saddened that it, it... No, no. Did you hear that it happened at a Black Lives Matter rally? No, I heard that it happened while a Black Lives Matter rally was going on, while a protest was going on. This occurred. Well, um, this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't... No, just stop. Right there. Just stop yourself. Just stop. Because what you're about to do is you're about to say this wouldn't have happened if a Black Lives Matter rally wouldn't have happened. And then my only recourse is going to be to say, but the rally wouldn't have happened if the cops hadn't killed black people. And that's when shit gets awkward. And that's when you want to have a meeting with the manager. (laughs) But it's like, I don't, I I just, it, it, it scares me. It scares me how people can pick and choose when they want to be uh, infuriated or involved or concerned or incensed or anything like that. It, it, it concerns me. 
It really does. The fact that we are willing to step back and watch our own friends. And you know what? Honestly, I just want to put this out there. I have a ton of I'm, I'm not, this is not a humble brag. I swear to God, this isn't a humble brag. I have tons of friends and associates and, 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 and people on Facebook, white, black, Asian, Mexican, whatever. Samoan, do the humpty hump. Um, Puerto Ricans, um, on Facebook and a whole heap of them when Folks got killed when Alton Sterling got killed, said nothing. When Mr. Castillo got killed, said nothing. I didn't even know Alva Brazil got shot until I saw a dude talking about it on a completely different site. They said nothing. But, but, and, and I'm not just saying white folks. I am saying people that I know as soon as cops got shot, all of a sudden, boom! I am so tired of the violence that's going on in America right now. And police are being shot out there. And we just need to go ahead and stop the violence and really talk about what we need to do uh, to heal America. And, and first of all, that's some bullshit. That is some out and out, around the block, walking it back bullshit. Did you know that... According to the Washington Post, which I believe implicitly, because why not? Police are safer under President Obama than they have been in decades. Decades, nigga. Not months. Not weeks. Not years. Decades. My son's not a decade old. That's a long fucking time if you really think about it in the span of, in the frame of what they're trying to say. Decades. In the aftermath of the police shooting of a dozen police officers in Dallas this week, some conservatives rushed to lay blame for the incident at the feet of the Obama administration. Former Republican Congressman Joe Walsh, and fuck him too, said on Twitter that Obama's words and Black Lives Matter's deeds have gotten cops killed. Representative Roger Williams said that the spread of misinformation and constant instigation by prominent leaders including our president had contributed to the killings Republican Steve King said the shooting had roots in the quote anti-white cop events illuminated by Obama end quote these statements are a part of a broader narrative of a war on cops carried out by the Obama administration and or the Black Lives Matter movement, depending on whom you ask. It is certainly true that some shooters of police, such as the Dallas attacker, appear to be motivated by a hatred of white police officers or a twisted, twisted urge to seek revenge for police shootings of black Americans or, or, and this is just me, this is just me, we can also break in and say that he, Micah, Micah, the gentleman who, uh, the, the guy, the shooter, the, the sniper, who uh, we think shot those uh, police officers. We don't know because they uh, sent a robot bomb into uh, the area where he was and blew the fuck out of him. Like, blew him the fuck up. Like, really? Really, nigga? Like, really? This is an option now? That, is that going to be on the next Grand Theft Auto? Like, really? I can take a robot? And just, we've come on. We've gone a long way since Rob, nigga. We've gone a long way since that little Nintendo motherfucker. I'm telling you right now, if I can put a Claymore, nigga, that's some Call of Duty shit. If I can take a Claymore and put it on a robot 
and remote control roll that robot into a room and blow somebody the fuck up in America and don't nobody say shit about a fair trial, due process, anything, aorta, nigga. Dylan Roof got taken to McDonald's. This nigga got a Claymore coming around the corner on a fucking robot. Like, yo, I want to talk to somebody. I want to negotiate. I want to, what the fuck is that? Is that a fucking robot? Is that nigga carrying? Oh, he's carrying a phone, right? So I'm going to call you and we're going to talk back. And Nah, motherfucker, that shit had a bomb on it. If you don't stop and think about how absurd that is, that they have this machinery. This ain't the million-dollar man, Steve Austin. They have the ability to put a bomb on a robot and roll it up on you and blow you the fuck up. Is that not scary to anybody else? Or is it not scary because it happened to a black guy first? If it happens to us, it doesn't mean that it can't happen to you. So we'll never know what Micah was actually thinking. I I, I know that he was a uh, in the military. And I am guessing that he probably suffered from uh, uh, PTSD. And we'll never know. So fuck it. Because they blew him up with a bomb that was on a motherfucking robot. I still can't wrap my mind around that shit. Like that, any other situation, any other time, any other conversation, that shit is incredible. That's like a, uh, 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 honestly, it's like a, a, a ground drone. It just reminds me, I keep closing my eyes and y'all got to know I am not the uh I, sometimes I am just in uh, a nitwit but I, I gotta let you know I just picture Call of Duty Black Ops where you put the 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 RCXD on a motherfucker and they just roll up with a, a fucking remote control car with a bomb on it nigga I just picture that I can't help it they literally did that to somebody real life they did that they rolled up on this nigga with a robot with a bomb on it like this and the <laughs> but I'm sorry as usual I digress data from the officers down memorial page which tracks law enforcement fatalities in real time illustrates the point that intentional attacks on police officers are at historically low levels under President Obama during the Reagan years for instance an average of 101 police officers were intentionally killed each year under George H.W. Bush, that number fell to 90. It fell further to 81 deaths per year under Bill Clinton and to 72 deaths per year under George W. Bush. Under President Obama, the average number of police intentionally killed each year has fallen to its lowest level yet, an average of 62 deaths annually through 2015. And if you include the 2016 police officer shooting year to date and project it out to a full year, that average of 62 deaths will not change. So let's be completely honest. The number of people who, have, uh, the number of police who have been shot has been plummeting year to year. Every year it seems like it drops by anywhere from eleven to to, to to anywhere from zero to eleven people. Well, anywhere between nine and eleven people. To be completely honest with you, every single presidency, and it keeps falling. 
But because President Obama is who he is, and because Black Lives Matter came up under his watch, not because of, you know, social media really becoming established. It came up under his watch. This is under, this is what your legacy is going to be. Not Obamacare, not any of that. It's going to be police officers getting killed in Black Lives Matter. That's not true. It's just disingenuous. It's worth pointing out in 2016, year-to-date officer fatalities via shooting only are up 44% over last year. But that's partially an illustration of how sensitive these numbers are to individual incidents. Because if you set the Dallas shootings aside, the year-over-year increase is only 17%. And as Eugene Volos points out, the 2016 numbers are roughly on par with numbers for the past 10 years. So, police have not been as the number of police under attack is actually not nearly as big of an issue as made out to be. It's, it's been a red herring for a long time. And I just want to put that out there on this show that the police aren't dying. People aren't going out of their way to kill police. I, I think that's the, the cleanest way to put it. People aren't going out of their way to kill police. However, on the other hand, it does seem like police sometimes are going out of their way to kill people. This single simulcast. I have 
Single Simulcast episode two thousand or two hundred and thirteen. I wish it was two thousand thirteen. Um, Fat Man Wild, me. Um, so Tamir Rice was a twelve-year-old young man in Ohio, Cleveland, uh, that was uh, seen playing with a toy gun in a park, and he was immediately beset upon by police, shot and killed. Um, and yeah still just saddens me I mean it, it yeah there's really no words for it I apologize there's there's no real way to really say anything uh, poignant about it uh, the young man had no opportunity to police shot literally as soon as they got out the car and he was murdered a black young black child um so what happens when police discover a 12 year old African American boy playing with a toy gun they shoot him down with little to no hesitation but but what happens when two white boys are caught fiddling with a BB gun? They're forced to write an essay on the black boy who got shot. A magistrate judge ordered two boys to perform community service and write an essay on the death of Tamir Rice after they were caught playing with BB guns in a Parma, Ohio park. Cleveland.com reports both of the boys aged 12 and 15 were slapped with a misdemeanor charge of disorderly conduct. Their incident is eerily similar to what 12 year old Tamir Rice, a black boy shot dead by police at a Cleveland park for playing with what appeared to be a real gun. According to Cleveland.com, lawyers for the two boys attempted to have the charges dropped, but assistant prosecuting attorney Linda Haynes Herman objected to the request during an arraignment Friday in Cuyahoga County Juvenile Court. Their lawyers tried to bar media from the courtroom as well. Quote, we had a young boy playing with a gun and the results were disastrous for that family and the community as a whole, Herman told the courts in regards to Tamir's death. We have an obligation to have a dialogue about something as simple as this and how it can go from simple to tragic in a very short period of time, end quote. On February 21st, police responded to a call of two kids, possibly teens, playing with guns at a local park. Surveillance video captured footage of the boys who were brothers surrendering to, uh, to authorities without incident. According to Black Matters, Magistrate Judge Janine Nickerson asked the boys knew who Tamir Rice was, to which they both responded, yes. Quote, it is a very fine line when people have to make split decisions, split second decisions as to what is a BB gun and what is a gun, Nickerson says. When a police officer has to respond in this particular climate, you're putting yourself at risk. You have to understand that your actions have consequences. Cleveland.com reports the 15-year-old must pay over $150 in court fees, while his younger brother will also pay around $150. They each will be required to write an essay for the judge explaining the similarities and differences between their case and that of Tamir Rice. So, um, you got caught with guns, with BB guns in the park, and uh, playing with toy guns and the police rolled up on you and took time out to really assess the situation, which I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, which is likely due to the fact that they remember what happened with Tamir Rice and so they were hesitant <laughs> or it was because they were white. Anyhow, um, so they're taking time out to assess the situation and uh, 
realized that it's a BB gun, and so they charged them uh, $150 each. That's 300 bucks. That's a lot of fucking fake-ass McDonald's burgers. Um, and take them to, the, to court, where the magistrate then tells them that, you know what? I've got the bestest idea. What we're going to do is, yeah, yeah, you're going to do a Venn diagram. Yep. You're going to do a Venn diagram of uh, Tamir Rice's life and your life and how they are similar. And I want it to be about five pages each. You know, I want you to talk about uh, how Tamir's life would have been different if he hadn't had a a gun and how your life is going to be different because you're no longer going to carry a gun and I want you to use Oxford commas. That's important. And uh, no, you can't double space. This has to be single space. Um, write it out. If you type it, that's too easy. And no, you can't do the voice to text thing. Um, I want you to use a bibliography. That's also important. It, seriously, that's how this sounds like. They want us to feel good. They want me at least, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about y'all. They want me to feel good that an example was made that's saving lives, but that example is a life that was lost because of nothing. Like, how does how do you think Tamir's parents feel about the fact that you're bringing up their child as an example for others to live their life by? WWTD. What would Tamir do? I don't know, but I know that if Tamir was my kid, I'd be all up in your ass, Magistrate. I'd know that much. I I would be right there waiting for you when you came out the courtroom, and you would change that decision. You would uh, make them write about something else. I don't give a fuck. Make them write a thousand-page paragraph about or a thousand-page essay about the Cleveland Cavaliers and the history of exile before they won the championship. I don't give a damn. But keep my son out of it. I'm glad that y'all are able to take steps now to keep kids safe out here in these streets, but couldn't you have done this a couple years ago? Seriously? <sighs> kind of shit that just... It's just... It's just... It's its not funny. It isn't. It's sad. The fact that we are able to say, well, they're making changes for the better, but they're only making changes for the better when it doesn't attend to people of color. They can suddenly make these changes for the better. They can suddenly activate these changes that makes everything else better and diffuses situations and just brings down people peacefully when it's white people. That's the sad part. It's only when it's white people. When it's us, they go right back to yak, yak, yak. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh. That was a cell phone. You know, a game came out today, or not today, but recently a game came out called uh, Pokemon Go. And um, Pokemon Go is so far getting rave reviews as far as making people get the fuck out and uh, go play in their uh, neighborhood. Like, you have to walk around your neighborhood and look for Pokemons, you know? Uh, You have to walk around your neighborhood and discover a uh, Pokemon uh, character somewhere. Like, it's a GPS thing, and and, and I don't know because I don't fucking play Pokemon. But I would 
do this because it makes people have to go outside. And me being the person I am, I rarely want to go outside and walk just to walk, just to do it, just to see my neighborhood. Um, but this makes you want to do that because you follow a GPS on your phone. It'll lead you to a certain place where there's either gyms or there's GYMs, not GEMs. That's important. Not JEM, which is the great cartoon that was horribly ruined as a movie. Um, but to gyms or to uh, Pokemon that you can collect or other trainers that you can fight, you know, whatever. And people are getting outside and they're walking and they're doing their thing and it's all gravity. I can't do that. I can't. I won't. Because if I walk around my neighborhood long enough with the phone just searching for Pokemon, I'm going to get called. Somebody's going to notice it. I'm, somebody's going to call on me, you know? And then I'm going to have to explain to them what I'm doing. And if I pull out my phone to try and show it to them, it's a black phone. That's all they need to see. I have not ever carried a gun. I wish I had. I think they're cool. I like to have one. I spoke on it on the last episode, but I don't have any. I don't plan on getting any anytime soon. If I had a survey in front of me and they asked me if I was, I'd lie my ass off so I could get the money out of it. But I don't plan on getting a gun anytime soon. But I have this cell phone with a black case and apparently this little black fucking case is enough to get a nigga shot. I'm just saying. So if I'm walking around the park playing Pokemon, ain't no way I'm going to die over fucking Pokemon, dog. Like, are you serious? Are you really there? Dude, did you hear what Rashani died over? Yeah, a fucking Pikachu. Like, seriously? No. In the long line of things that I could get murked over, a Pokemon is way down here. But I want to. If it was any other situation, I'd do that. But there's two things. One, I don't want to. I don't. I don't do Pokemon. I never actually done it. I'm not going to get into it now. And two is the fact that me walking around a neighborhood is a threat. Even if I'm wearing my best Popeye shirt, which I, I, I love Popeye, so I wear a lot of Popeye shirts. But even if I'm wearing my best Popeye shirt and I walk around the neighborhood, even if I'm wearing something that says like, um, I'm a gamer. Even if I'm wearing something like that, I'm still a threat. And so, the chance of me getting murdered in that circumstance are sadly 50-50. And um, I have met some police in this neighborhood because one uh, lives around the corner, I guess. Uh, I've met some police. I've been pulled over by the police over here. Um, they ran up on me and I was like shook and they were like, why are you scared? And I was like, if I tell you that I'm scared because you're a police officer and I'm pulled over, is that a good idea or a bad idea? Because then you've got the power that I don't want to give to you. So I'm not shook. I'm just, I'm just chilling. Well, you look agitated. Well, I'm not, I'm Talking to a police officer is a lot like talking to my wife, except for my wife will never pull out a gun and shoot me at the end of our conversation. Why you look mad? I'm not mad. Why you look agitated? I'm not agitated. Are you sure? Is something wrong? No, nothing's wrong. 
Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. All right, cool. That's the conversation with my wife. But you can hear it in a police officer. Right? Why you look mad? I'm not mad. Why you look agitated? I'm not agitated. Is something wrong? No. Why is your voice like that? What do you mean, why is my voice like that? You know what? Step out the car. And as you're stepping out the car, you get shot. Really, I mean, it, it's not insane to say that this is how I see it, but this is how I see it. It is that simple for us to die over some bullshit. And it's that sad that we will die over that bullshit and nobody will say shit until somebody else dies and all of a sudden it's like, this happened because this happened, but this happened because they don't get checked. Somebody uh, came up woofing on that black on black crime shit, which is what people wolf on whenever you talk about how cops are killing black folks. Like every time you talk about cops killing black folks, somebody comes back and says, yeah, but what about black on black crime? I just want to say this publicly. I'm not going to go into the whole statistics on black on black crime that'll just lay y'all out and have you all like, oh, like I just dropped a dope freestyle or anything like that. I'm not going to do that. What I am going to do is quite honestly put this out there for you. Yes. 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 I am scared of police. I am more scared of police than I am of any black kid on my block any of them I don't give a fuck I am not scared of the kids on my block like I'm scared of police and yes once I did realize that I was crossing the street on some folks but nope not nearly and here's the reason why it's not even close here's the reason why it's not even close dude I'm just being completely honest I'm keeping the 100 this is how I am if you don't like it hit me up and tell me why we can have a dialogue about it but here's why I'm not scared of black folks in my neighborhood if 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 a black person pulls a gun on me in my neighborhood I can wrestle the gun away from them and I can fight them I can fight back I can protect myself I can assault them if need be I can defend myself I can beat the shit out of them and leave I can do all of this stuff and still be okay. I might have to go to court. I might get some assault charges. Something might happen to me. I might get shot. But at least I can protect myself against a black person in my neighborhood. I can do that. However, if a policeman draws down on me or swings on me, or maligns me, or disrespects me, or throws me down, or does something to my wife, or does something to my children. If I even touch them, I'm fucked. And I think that's the realest thing I can say about the whole situation. If I say anything, if I do anything, I'm fucked. Police officers have this absolute power that they don't deserve. You don't get training in a way that's going to teach you how to utilize this absolute power. But you have it. 
If somebody gets shot by a police officer, the police get 30 fucking days before an investigation is held. If I get shot by somebody on the block, they go to jail and they have a trial within a week. Do you not see that? Like, if I see a brother on the block, if I see a sister on the block, if I see somebody on the block, shit, if I see a white person on the block, if I see an Asian person on the block, if I see an Eritrean on the block, if I see a Filipino person on the block, if I see an Amish man on the block, if I see an Iranian man on the block, if I see an Iraqi on the block, if I see anyone on the block and they're not a cop and they shoot me, they're gone on in. There's no question. But if a cop shoots me, if I get killed by a cop, if I'm at the park with my son, if I'm at the park with Kid Austin playing basketball, if I'm at this park with Triple Kenny playing basketball, if I'm at the park with Gogo playing basketball or, or, or Maribu playing basketball, whatever, and a cop shoots me and I'm at the park with my kids within four days, stories are going to come out explaining why I'm a piece of shit who deserved it. within hours seriously within hours reasons are going to come about why I deserve to be killed by that police officer if I'm at the park playing basketball you know how I know that because stories came out within the hour about or within days about Tamir about Michael about Eric about Rakia they try to do it with Sandra A, a bullshit story came out about a. Uh, a bullshit story came out saying that uh, Michigan Steele um, had a concealed weapon. You know. After after Phil was killed, they tried to say that that he was uh what they try to say that he never got the concealed weapon approved. That's what they tried to say that he never got the concealed weapon approved and that he was just walking around with it, just carrying it and shit. That's what they tried to say like immediately afterwards. And look, I've spoken on my situation regarding uh, molestation and being molested. I've spoken on that before, but. As soon as Alton Sterling died. As soon as this innocent dude died on the block. As soon as he died. The next thing that happened was we knew that he had uh, a statutory rape charge. That he was a sex offender. We knew that. We knew that he assaulted somebody. We knew that. And I'm not defending him in that regard. I'm not defending him in regards to being a... Uh, 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 on the assaults, on the domestic abuse, I'm not defending him on the uh, statutory charges or anything like that. I'm not. I'm just saying we don't know shit about uh, Brock Turner, except for the fact that, that motherfucker sets swimming records. We don't know shit about Dylan Roof, except he wrote a, manifest a manifesto. But as soon as a black person does something, we know everything. As soon as an a, a, a indigenous American does something, we know everything. You know what I'm saying? 
I don't know. I have promised. <laughs> I have promised that this was going to be a, uh, that the next episode was going to be a funny episode. And I have failed the fuck out of that test. But ain't shit funny about this. Ain't shit funny about it. Police officers went ahead and, uh, in the midst of the, um, the shooting in Dallas, uh, the, the police officer being murdered in Dallas, um, police officers took a picture of, uh, of Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes is a black guy walking through the streets, do I diddy diddy dum diddy do, carrying an AR-15 rifle on, on a, on a, on a strap on the side of his, uh, hip. Just walking through. He was pro peacefully protesting. Uh, police officers started getting shot and somebody took a picture of, uh, Mark and immediately said, this is one of our suspects help find him. Nigga. Are you serious? This is one of our suspects. We think they didn't say we think they said this is one of our, thank you, Mike. And it was unloaded. The gun was fucking unloaded. This is one of our suspects. Help find him. That shit as of the last time that I looked, which was uh, July 7th at 11.52 p.m., that shit had been retweeted like 40,579 times and liked 18,401 times. Dallas Police Department posted that shit. This is one of our suspects. No question, this is one of our suspects. Help find him. And it's, it's still up. It is. You're not wrong when you say that. It's still up. It will take literally seconds for them to take down this thing and send out a tweet saying, you know what? We fucked up. Because they already... He turned himself in. They had him in there. They let him go. Once a video popped up of him being in other places during the shooting, like he was literally not in the place where the shooting was occurring while the shooting was occurring. You can't really, you know, refute that. So they let him go. That nigga's getting death threats today. He's been cleared. They won't take the uh, picture down. They won't delete the tweet. They won't rescind that. And and the mob is just riling up. Seriously. And they won't. They're just like, it's not on our list of things to do. You want to talk about protecting lives, police officers? Start by protecting this dude that y'all fucked over. That's a good start. Go out there and say, you know what? You can even say my bad. That's okay. If the police officers came out and said my bad, that is all right. And you know what? Mike is absolutely right. He said that, uh, well, Mike is off in the, uh, in the chat over on the live feed, but he's mentioning things that are like absolutely true. Um, such as the fact that the mainstream media has yet to issue any apologies or retractions because they plastered that shit all over the place too. The only person that I know of who is actually, uh, standing behind this man is Sean King the only person I know who's done it thus far (sighs) somebody's gonna die before they actually stand up and say you know what he didn't actually do that we we let him go a long time ago and uh, we we thought that you would 
heard, you know, uh, well, we put that on Facebook. We put it on Facebook, you know, that he was the suspect. We put that on Facebook, but, uh, we, uh, or we put that on Twitter that he was a suspect and, uh, we, uh, there's video going around. There's, there's a post going around clearing him on Facebook. So, you know, we got him taken care of by somebody else. It wasn't us. Somebody else took care of him and cleared him on Facebook. But, uh, we're not taking this down because it's not my job function. See, I am not the IT specialist here. I tried to call the IT specialist to take it down, but uh, it was Joe's birthday and they were at uh, BJ's Pizza and Brew House. So uh, I'm going to wait a couple days and then uh, give him a call back just to see if he's able to hack into the system. I don't know much about computers. I don't know that shit. Um, I'm going to see if we can take that post down because it's no, no, it's not inflammatory. It's not wrong either, because he was a suspect. Technically, he was a suspect. And uh, I'm just putting that out there that uh, he's uh, he's uh, not really the person we're looking for. You mean he's not a suspect? No, no, no. Uh, that's pending, pending further information. But he's uh, he's not the person that we're looking for. Some bullshit. They retract statements all the motherfucking time when it comes to white folks. I just want to put that out there. I just want to point it out. I mean, honestly, what I really want to do is uh, see if the Dallas Police Department has posted any more stuff since then. That's really what I want to do. I want to see if the Dallas Police Department has posted anything else since they posted that up. Yep. Two hours ago. Seven hours ago. Uh, 3.33 p.m. Yesterday. And on Twitter. Let's go ahead and check there. And yes, again, this is how I do. I literally don't know this stuff until I go and look. Dallas Police Department. Dallas PD. It comes up immediately. That's so great. Uh, 40 minutes ago. Dallas Police Department's retweeting shit. Retweeting a whole lot of stuff. Three hours ago, uh, sending out statements. Protesters have stated on social media, please don't get to be coddled. The hate and anger needs to be healed across the nation. You know what? I absolutely agree, but here's the thing. We protest because we don't have the place of power that police officers have. When my son protests something, when I tell him to go to bed and he's like, I'm not tired and he starts protesting, I look at him like he's being whiny for protesting. But he's protesting because he doesn't really have the power to do anything about the fact that I'm fucking sending him to bed and he's not tired yet. So, the only way that he can get his point across that he feels like this is some motherfucking bullshit is to state his concerns in a forceful manner same thing we're doing we have no power I mean if we mobilize we have power I've seen people shut down freeways which was awesome that's a bit of power but by and large we don't have what we need to be able to 
revamp the entire police system, the entire the entire fuckery, the entire way that it's set up is just bullshit, and we have no way of stopping it. That's really it. So we protest, we make statements, we strive to you know get in there and uh, make a change. <laughs> yeah. Mike said, we need to address this, quote, thin blue line shit. Cops and firefighters, a.k.a. first responders, feel like they are above the regular people. We regular people pay your six-figure salaries, yet we are treated like trash. They are not special. You're goddamn right. You're fucking right. I mean, I got love and respect for first responders. I really wanted to be a cop when I was growing up. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a cop because I really, really thought they got free donuts when you're seven it don't take much more than a glazed donut and a twist to make you want to be a bad boy um and then I found out they didn't and that was all fine and dandy I still wanted to be a cop I actually had applied to be a cop before Isabella was born before my uh, daughter was born before Gogo got here I wanted to be a cop and I actually did all the paperwork before I found out that for some reason I was psychologically unfit to be a cop <laughs> Anyhow, um, tried to be a cop and didn't make it. Had a lot of respect for police. It's just, I don't understand. I don't understand why, who gave policemen the power that they have. I mean, I understand. According to uh, references and records, uh, the police were actually a group mobilized to find slaves, runaway slaves, escaped slaves. That's how it got started. That's that's what I've heard. Uh, history of police. And again, I apologize if y'all are uh, wondering how this, uh, why it's like this. It just is what it is. And I really want to know. In the beginning, there was kin policing with the pension of blood feuding and traditions of tribal justice. The fuck? Mesopotamia. I just want to know in America, like, why in America uh, they started beating the shit out of us immediately. But I've always felt like the police have too much power. Uh, the police have no desire to give up any of their power. You'll never see a police officer say, hey, we should surrender some of this power. Um, and it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. I'll say it again. And Mike, I feel you. Mike said, I appreciate them risking their lives. But when you're off your shit, you fuck up just like the rest of us. And cops have bad days. I have bad days of work. You have bad days of work, unless you don't have a job. At which point you have bad days on the couch, or you have bad days while playing the Xbox One, or you have bad days while panhandling. I don't know. I knew a dude who panhandled once uh, so then he could get tattoos. I thought that was ingenious. Like, if you see a goal, you just get after it. You're like, you're just bam, that right there. Um, but police officers have bad days. Judges have really fucking bad days. Um, and so 
they take those bad days and they'll take it out on whoever. And if they take it out on a white person, all of a sudden, then, well, I take that back because that white kid did get killed in Fresno. And thank you, all the white people who sent that to me. All of you. All of you white people who sent me the video or the, the, the story of the white kid in Fresno who got killed by police and nobody cared. That's how the story keeps going on Facebook. Uh, white kid killed in Fresno. <laughs> I was typing it in and it said white kid killed in rap battle. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, the white kid who was killed in Fresno 12 days ago, again, uh, we were paying attention to it. And it was actually Sean King did a story about it. And so, um, yeah, I would have talked about it except for the fact that I haven't done a fucking show in like fucking forever. And it just didn't seem like it was prevalent anymore. But yeah, let's go ahead and add him to the list because really, if you live in Fresno, they consider you to be a nigga anyway. I don't know any, um, I don't know any affluent people in Fresno. I'm sure that somewhere in Fresno, there's like a high society side of Fresno. Somewhere in Fresno is where all the rich people in Fresno live. Like somewhere in Fresno, there's an area for a gated community. But all of the Fresno that I've seen, nigga, nigga, like nigga, nigga, whoo, nigga. Fresno is hot. And it is utterly devoid of any trees or any shade or anything like that. And it is just rough. It's not a nice place to visit. It's not a nice place to live. It is Fresno. And um, so when you say that a white kid was killed in Fresno, I'm like, yo, they weren't looking at him like he was white. He was a good kid with a job and a girlfriend who was looking forward to being a father. And he was walking on a local road with a rifle. And when police got near the area, Dylan Noble, who was not that man, Dylan Noble, the one who got shot, was driving his customized pickup truck with huge tires in a local field. Police claimed that Noble drove nearly half a mile to a local Chevron in the small town of Clovis, which is just as fucking bad as Fresno. No, I didn't. I didn't. Tommy Tommy Vegas, the homie, used to do a show with me called The Gamers Garage and everything. Shouts out to him. Uh, he asked me if I saw the Daily Show news about everything. No, I, I wish, but I... Dude, I'm climbing out of a hole. It's called depression again. So I didn't really get a chance. I haven't watched much TV at all. Matter of fact, the uh, Xbox One summer sale is going on right now. The ultimate summer sale is going on right now. And I bought like two games and I haven't played them yet. I bought The Witcher Part 3, and I haven't played it yet, and I'm getting off subject. Police claim that Noble drove nearly half a mile to a local Chevron in the small town of Clovis <laughs> before he pulled his truck over. And at that point, a story that I've seen unfold hundreds of times of young black men took place. Police claim that when Dylan Noble got out of his truck that he began randomly digging in his pants and appeared to reach for a gun in the back of his waistband. Except he didn't have a gun or a knife or a taser or any other weapon in his waistband. He was completely unarmed. Friends and family assumed he was reaching for his wallet. And the dude who put out the video about how to deal with police so you don't get shot, the country singer, dude, it's going viral right now, uh, how to not get killed by police uh, when you get pulled over. Chris Rock did it. I just want to put that out there, like how South Park was like, Simpsons did it. Um... Chris Rock already did that shit about how to not get shot by police when you get pulled over. That shit don't work. 
it doesn't because people are still getting shot by police and Chris Rock put his video out in like 2002 so when you put your video out a lot of people are going to be like man that's right on point and you need to pull up your pants and live your life better and uh, brush your teeth and uh, stop eating those fucking Takis and uh, talk to your mama and, and tuck in tucking your, your, your pants and your shirt and fuck all the respectability politics none of that's going to work none of that's going to work you know what works? Cops not shooting people before they know what the hell's going on. That will work perfectly. I guarantee you, 10 times out of 10, that will work perfectly. Cops not killing people until they know what's going on. You don't fucking shoot till you know what's going on. That would save tons of lives. And if they are doing something, shit, take them to jail, shoot them, shit. They pull out a gun on you and shoot at you. They pull no, nope, because that's been done. Like I said, white folks have been drawn down on cops forever and having nothing happen to them. But, but if you subdue them, so then you can take them to court, so then they can be tried before a jury. Not, 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 not getting a robot with a fucking bomb on it and driving that shit around the corner and blowing them to hell. No. No, no. Watch, now you're going to see cops using that shit to propose to their wives or to their girlfriends and shit. <laughs> Will you marry Carl? It's like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm shitty. Um, But, yeah, no. It's just, you just, look. There's tons of times where shit happens on a bad day to me, and I'm just like, I just really don't want to deal with this right now. But even on those bad days, I know that if I make a mistake, I will lose everything. I will lose everything. You know who doesn't seem to think about losing everything? Fucking police. They don't lose shit. lose a goddamn thing and that that's that's a fucking joke fat man wild spin some beats this single simulcast Now a days rap artists come and half hearted 
like copper, underground like black markets. Where were you the day hip hop died? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is chilling, tone is chilling. What more can I say? We stay building and make killings. Take children through the wilderness by the hand. It's a great feeling. Show them how to be a man exactly. Pack trees in my khakis. My sound fat like a knee. While you thin like a Mackie. Come on, shine so bright when I walk by. You gotta squint like the motherfucking sun in your eye. What? Say something, you stay frontin', it ain't nothing, let off like a big game hunting. Me and Tech stay way blunted, way running on beaches, white sand with a slight tan, smack the mic stand with my right hand when I'm excited. Leave you so far in the dust that you're forced to bite it. On fire like property, forced to riot. Yo, ain't no stopping us when we all united. Nowadays, rap artists coming half-hearted. Commercial like pop or underground like black markets. Where were you today? Hip hop die. Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to rise? Is it too early to mourn? Is it too late to late? Is it too late to late?
This is the new Cast with my daddy Rashadi. Peace. Single Simulcast, episode 213. Represent. Batman Wilds in the building. Rashani's in the building. You're in the building. 916 572 9016. Is the voicemail number. Singlesimulcast.com is the movement. Um, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, I don't know. There's other places. So. This woman named Tommy Tommy Lauren Tommy Lauren Tommy Lauren okay uh, compared Black Lives Matter to the KKK. Uh, meet the new KKK. They call themselves Black Lives Matter, but make no mistake, their goals are far from equality. She wrote on Friday in a tweet that has since been deleted. I love the deleted parts of tweets. I love how you could just remove something from actually being real in their eyes. Like if you delete a tweet, that just means it doesn't happen anymore. Um, media critic Dave Zwarek fired back getting into an argument with Lauren when the 23 year old commentator argued on CNN, the people with extremist statements should be allowed to defend themselves on air quote. As I've asked to do on many of the platforms I've had said, I went too far as I've had, as I've had to do on many of the platforms that have said I went too far, Lauren said on the network's reliable sources. Quote, you did, Zorik said. You did go too far, Tommy. You did. She shot back. That's your opinion. So, no, it's not, said Zorik, a Baltimore Sun media critic. I wish it was your employee's opinion. Your employer's opinion. That's really reckless. That kind of tweeted the situation we're in. As a journalist, what you did appalls me. That's the end of it. I'm trying to be civil about it. Lauren, who has been on Fox News, said, I'm not a journalist. I'm a commentator. I'm allowed to have my feelings and my opinions, and I stand behind the things that I say because the things that hurts people the most is when you're honest, when you look at something from an honest lens, from your perspective, and you bring that forth, you are immediately criticized for it, and you're immediately labeled. And what those on the other side want to do is criticize, label, and silence those who disagree with them, she added. I don't play that game. So here's how it goes. Here's, here's, um, here's my comparison between KKK and uh, Black Lives Matter. There is none. You bitch. There is no comparison between the two uh, because, A, I have yet to see somebody from Black Lives Matter go out and uh, fucking try and oppress an entire race. B, I have yet to see somebody from Black Lives Matter go up to Home Depot and buy some two-by-fours to put together into a cross. Uh, C, I've yet to see somebody from Black Lives Matter uh, go into a facility and start shooting people at a church. D, I have yet to see somebody from Black Lives Matter uh, fucking formulate enough of a plan to where they are able to actively oppress an entire race. Seriously. Like, when you keep saying Black Lives Matter is like the KKK, all you're trying to do is make people believe that they are doing something that they aren't. You are trying to make them inherently bad. You are trying to make them evil, and they're not. They're not. You know what? I, I saw some folks a couple days ago protesting 
uh, in front of the skating rink by my house. Yeah, it, it's Sacramento. Not a lot of shit. There's not a lot of places where you can protest. So, so they were protesting in front of the skating rink, uh, which was actually empty because it's a fucking bummy ass skating rink. But they were out front protesting in front of the skating rink across you from the Jack in the Box. And I remember I was like, they should protest in front of the Jack in the Box. That way um, they can eat. And it was like 20 of them. 30 of them out there protesting. Young kids, old people, uh, black, white, Asian, uh, Irish. Uh, they were all out there. And nothing happened. They actually were protesting at the bummy-ass skating rink, which is right next to a police department, Highway Patrol. And Highway Patrol didn't do shit. What you gonna do? Shit. What you gonna do? Shit. So, they didn't do nothing. And nothing happened. They protested. People honked their horn. Heep, heep. Honk your horn for justice. Heep, heep. Which. Honking your horn for justice. Like, seriously. Seriously, people. Let's, 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 really, let's really do that. Um, I can see uh, honk your horn if your horn works. Heep, heep. Now I've done something. But honk your horn for justice. Does that just. Is that like a call and response? When I say. Uh, Ooh, you say so? Ooh, so? Ooh, so? That sort of thing? I'm not sure, but they did it. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was bothered. Uh, nobody drew down on, on the protesters. Uh, no protesters drew down on cops. No protesters went out and assaulted anybody. No protesters went out and did anything. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, that's exactly what happens. Nothing. They protest. People hear them. They heep heep their horns, they go past, and people leave. When the KKK gets together, nigga, the Ku Klux Klan had a rally at the state capitol, which is, we're the, we're the state capitol, but they had a, a rally at the capitol building, like two weeks ago, maybe last week. Dude, shit went down. Motherfuckers were stabbing people. Like, the clan was stabbing people. They came strapped. They were stabbing people. Who the fuck brings a knife to a... Pr- they did. They were stabbing people, and they were... <laughs> um, and they were attacking and assaulting. Out, and they were saying it was for their own safety. This is what the clan does. This is what the Ku Klux does. Ku Klux, Ku Klux. This is what the Ku Klux Klan does. They go ready to attack because they know that they're going to run into some shit. They go as the aggressors. You know what? Let me go ahead and look this up real quick because I always forget what the fuck this church is called. And then it sounds weird. What? What the fuck is that church called? The one that's always... um going to funerals for soldiers and, and, and gay and lesbian people and saying horrible shit. Saying horrible off-the-wall shit that isn't necessary. And doesn't enlighten anybody. That church is compared to Christian churches. That church is the Christian churches as the KKK is the Black Lives Matter. Westboro. The only thing that they have in common with other churches, well, not anymore because churches are getting really bold with their fuckery nowadays. But 
The only thing that the Ku Klux Klan has in common with Black Lives Matter is the fact that they are organized. Kinda. Both groups are kinda organized. That's good. So, for this woman to say that, she's not trying to do anything but, uh, rabble-rouse, rabble-rabble-rabble, and, uh, rabble-rabble-rabble, and raise some issues. And I'm not for that. She's full of shit. And she got read by a young lady on Twitter who went Mr. Robot on her ass and brought up all her uh, personal information. All of it. It was great. Said where she lived. Laid out where her parents stayed. Laid out all her uh, her arrests for or her tickets for speed and all that kind of shit. It was it was just epic. <sighs> okay. Now, funny stuff. I guess I could do that now. Yeah, it was great. I mean, really, if you get a chance to go on Twitter, I I, I don't know what the young lady's name is off the top of my head because I'm a forgetful motherfucker but it was great she laid out where mama stayed at where her daddy stayed at you gonna tell me where you stay or 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 where your mama stay where your daddy stay and where your grandmama stay <laughs> so that's what they did to her they laid it out and other dudes saw this happening saw the checkening saw the checkening occurring and were like she won't do that to me Bitch, please. She laid them all out. Just shut down the whole process. But anyways. Uh, so, I was watching... You know what? No. I was watching something, but even more than that. I was talking with my mom. Now, for those of y'all who don't know, I'm awesome. Uh, and a lot of it is my mom's fault. Uh, she's pretty much everything. And I know everybody says their mom is everything. And dads are like, I'm something too. Shut the fuck up. Um, my mom is above reproach. She's pretty much awesome. And, uh, she, uh, is a two-time survivor of breast cancer. Which actually sounds like she's an award winner. Like, the two-time, two-time... But, um, so she has had breast cancer twice and she has conquered breast cancer twice, which I think is like some of the trillest shit ever. Um, cause if I get ball cancer once, I think I might tap out. Um, but that's me. Um, and she was telling me recently that she is, uh, taking a medication that is supposed to treat breast cancer in postmenopausal women uh, called Arimidex. Okay. Arimidex. And um, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, you don't really have a choice at this point. You've had cancer twice at this point in time. Whatever your doctor tells you to do, you gotta do it. You know, you gotta take the medication. And she's steadily taking the medication and all that and everything's good and then one day I, I go to her house and she's uh, walking like her feet hurt and I'm like mom what, what's wrong with your feet and she's like well um, I can't feel them <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry what I can't feel my feet and um, she 
said, yeah, I can't, my feet are completely numb. It's like I'm walking on pins and needles all the time. And for those of y'all who don't recognize off the top, uh, pins and needles suck. Getting them in the middle of the night sucks. Uh, Your feet falling asleep sucks. And to have that shit happen to you for days, really, to have it happen to you for 10 minutes probably sucks. To have it happen to you for an hour probably sucks everybody's dick in the room. And to have it happen to you for days nigga really so she's been going through it for like three weeks and just going to the doctor you know uh checking with her uh pediatrician (laughs) checking with (laughs) her pediatrician um checking with her personal doctor to find out exactly what's transpiring to make this happen uh checking with uh her uh whatever her other doctors are called she has like a ton of them she has an entourage of doctors once you have cancer you start stocking up on doctors so none of them can figure out what's going on she's still taking this medication then one day she sees on the website for this medication um, information about the medication And on the side of the website where it talks about the medication, uh, there's a little tab that talks about the side effects. (sighs) Arimidex side effects are as follows. Um, Hot flashes, nausea and vomiting, joint symptoms, weakness and fatigue, Swelling um, might cause blockages in heart arteries. It can cause bone softening and weakening, nigga. Yes, I said that. Bone softening and weakening, nigga. It can cause bone loss. How does that happen? Bone loss. An increase in cholesterol. They put that after bone loss. Uh, hot flashes, joint symptoms, uh, which include arthritis, weakness, mood changes, pain, back pain, sore throat, nausea and vomiting, rash, depression, high blood pressure, osteoporosis, fractures, swelling of arms and legs, insomnia, and headaches. And, and, but wait, there's more! In advanced breast cancer trials, the most common side effects Include hot flashes, nausea, decreased energy and weakness, pain, back pain, headache, bone pain, increased cough, shortness of breath, sore throat, swelling of arms and legs, joint pain and stiffness. And there's more. Nigga, they have a whole page for the side effects. So, I've always just been amused, but I'm not now that it's happening to my mom, but amused by the fact that Medications cure one thing. Medications cure one thing and cause about 23 other issues. Like, okay, this will take care of your back pain. But you're going to doo-doo down your leg. Also, while you're doo-dooing down your leg, side effects are you're going to doo-doo down your leg and you're going to throw up. You're going to feel really dizzy. So I've had this situation once where I was I had the flu and I was sitting on the toilet because I had diarrhea because I had the flu and um, 
while I was on the toilet, I needed to throw up because I was nauseous and uh, was experiencing anal leakage. Shout out Vegas. Um, And I was nauseous and I was sitting on the toilet with diarrhea and I was like, this isn't going to stay in my throat. This is coming up. I got to go somewhere. And so the only place they didn't have a trash can in this house. And the only other option was to throw up in the toilet that I had just released my entire bowel into. So my only recourse was to throw up on their fucking floor. And I was six. So I threw up on their floor and uh, then I cried a whole lot when they told me I had to clean it up because I wasn't going to throw up into the toilet that I had just released myself into. Do you understand what I'm saying? So vomiting plus diarrhea is a bad combination. Vomiting plus diarrhea plus joint pain plus back pain plus headaches plus depression. Nigga, I deal with depression every single day of my life. And let me tell you something. That shit is shitty. That shit is just awful. It's a horrible, horrible road to go down. And you're telling me that if I take this medication, it's going to cure this one thing. It's going to cause me to be depressed. So all of a sudden, I got to take more medication to deal with the depression. But did you know that one of the side effects of a depression medication, did you know this? One of the side effects of a depression medication is you may have suicidal tendencies, which is not a rock and roll band. It is, but it's not just a rock and roll bit. So to cure depression, you got to deal with suicidal tendencies. All of them make you weak and tired, so you can't go outside and get into the sun, so then you can walk around and feel better while you're doing the Pokemon Go and trying to avoid getting shot by the police because you're holding up a phone in a weird neighborhood where nobody knows you. And I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck bone loss is. Like, seriously, I want to click this drop down arrow so bad. Bone loss. Osteoporosis. Osteoporosis. Sounds so much worse when you say bone loss. Like, nigga, what the fuck is going on with your middle finger? Uh, nigga, I've, I've experienced bone loss. That's really the only way I could think about it. Um, and, and so my mom is dealing with that. And her uh, her doctor told her straight out, just stop fucking with it. And when your doctor tells you to just stop fucking with something, that means that either A, it ain't no good for nobody. Or B, if, they, if you keep taking it, they sent a lawsuit. So they were like, stop taking it. And she is now gone a couple days without taking it. And she's starting to feel her feet again. And her hands. Because, because... The numbness in her feet had gone from her feet to her hands. So she could no longer feel her fingers. So while she was eating, she would drop her fork because you can't feel your fucking fingers for breast cancer. That she no longer has. Conquered it twice. Two-time, two-time, two-time champion. This is so then she, I don't know. Like, this is so then she doesn't get it anymore. I guess. And I'm like, who the fuck is checking this shit out? Like, they had a uh, breast cancer uh, trial testing that went on uh, on today's Sunday. So that was on Friday. They killed three people. That doesn't sound like the best medication in the world, Bob. I think I'm going to just 
keep walking. It didn't give her nerve damage, Mike, but the people that she spoke to who had taken it, it gave them, it, it leads to nerve damage, like permanent nerve damage. So she said, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm just going to stop. My beloved wife uh, took medication for high blood pressure. Yes, she's black. No, it's not a stereotype. It's just she deals with a lot of stressful motherfuckers in her house all the time. Just these assholes just keep fucking with her. Like this one... She has a very easy lifestyle, and I don't know where the high blood pressure and stress comes from at all. That shit is fucking crazy. Um, and so she takes took took medication for her high blood pressure. I think the high blood pressure came from the IUD that she got uh, back when we was uh, back before I got snipped. I think that caused a spike in her blood pressure, and so she had to take medication for the blood pressure. Uh, because of the IUD, because she couldn't take that out until the time it passed, a certain enough time it passed to where, you know, it had run out or whatever the fuck. So she had to take medication for the blood pressure, but the medication for the blood pressure gave her a fucking migraine every time she took it. Like, every time. Who the fuck wants to live with that? Why are the options worse than what's actually happening to me? High blood pressure doesn't sound that bad if I got to deal with a migraine every day of my life. Like, lights out, don't talk to me migraine every single day. Doesn't sound like a good option to me at all. And if you think it sounds like a good option, then I've got a great option for you. Go fuck yourself. Now, let me see. Where am I at as far as time? I get into these things and... Okay, an hour and 35 minutes. One more thing, and then we're going to wrap it up. Fat Man Wild Spin the Beats. This single simulcast.
That was, that was simply, simply sensational. sensational. Single, Single simulcast will surely surface speedily. Bitches. <laughs> Single simulcast episode one, or no, 213, 213 representing in the building. Um, that's my boo. Um, episode 213 in the building. Lean to the side. Ah! But, um... So I got done watching Orange and the New Black, and when I say I actually hate watched Orange and the New Black, I mean I hate watched Orange and the New Black because at first Orange and the New Black got on my nerves, and then that shit got worse. And what just transpired uh, over the past week? So if you haven't seen Orange and the New Black yet, and you are thinking about watching Orange and the New Black, you're gonna have to deal with this and just know going into Orange and the New Black that Orange and the New Black is some bullshit. Um, Orange and the New Black is a show that is on Netflix. It's created by this woman named Genji Cohan. Or, yeah, Genji Cohan. And she is the creator of such shows as Weeds. And I think that's it. I think that's the only other show she did. But Weeds was a big show as well, starring a white woman who gets into situations that she shouldn't be in and somehow walks out unscathed. Now, when Weeds first came out, I just thought that it was a comedy. I thought it was funny to see this white woman. I thought the white woman was cute. I thought the situation she was in was quirky. And the nigga Romney Malco was in it. And that was my nigga. So I was like, yo, I will fuck with this show. Then shit kept happening. And she just kept walking through it blindly. And I was like, this is some bullshit. And I just thought it was an anomaly. So when uh, Orange is the New Black came out, the first season sat down, watched it, got all the way through it. It stars a woman... Or it's about a woman named Piper. Piper. Fucking Piper. Uh, who uh, goes to prison for something that is her fault, but not really. Like, you gotta take pity on her. It just wasn't really... If you look at all the situations, she just had a, a horrible run of life. And so she goes to prison, and uh, it's a women's facility called Litchfield. And the first season uh, wasn't really... It was really actually good i really enjoyed it i'll be completely honest with you the first season i can't i keep it 100 the first season was fucking awesome uh there were storylines regarding an inmate falling in love with a police officer there were storylines involving a, a a police officer uh who was just skeevy there were storylines involving uh piper getting settled in at the facility and then there were just auxiliary characters who uh you just grew to really enjoy seeing like Poussey and and uh Suzanne who at that point in time they called crazy eyes and and uh red and just everybody it was just a really interesting uh, group of uh characters second season was also an interesting season. I enjoyed watching it. I, I sat back and I watched it um, within a couple days. Um, I believe the second season was better than the first season because they began to look more at the uh, other women in the facilities and not so much just on Piper's plight or Piper's plight of the day. Uh, I call it white plight. Um... And so the second season was good. It was better than the first season. And I was excited when the next season was going to come out. And then things started happening. Like. <sighs> One thing that happened was that. Um, found out that. Uh, Genji. While writing a show about. Uh, a prison facility. Uh, 
featuring a whole lot of women of color, like a whole bunch of women of color. I don't think there's, uh, I think that the majority of people in there are women of color, which, you know, given the circumstances, that's what they think it is. That's what they think it is. Okay, whatever. It's their show. But to find out that Genji, uh had a bunch of white people writing the show and Asian people, but no people of color. There are no black folks, uh, no Hispanic people writing this show, um, which should have raised eyebrows, but it didn't because I wasn't thinking about it. But then it raised eyebrows when we got to that third season. See, in the end of the last season, Piper had started this illegal uh, panty uh, sniffing program uh, out of the prison where the women would wear the panties and then um, they would uh, give them to Piper who would then ship them out to her brother who would then sell them. It was like drugs, but it wasn't because we don't want you to think that Piper would ever do anything else like selling drugs because that's what she got there for in the first place. She learned her lesson and blah, blah, blah. So by the end of the that season, she starts acting like a kingpin because she has this lucrative uh, panty business and um, she starts running people crazy, starts telling people what to do and all that kind of stuff. People get tired of it. And her girlfriend that season uh, starts showing up and they get close and then her girlfriend uh, steals her money. Again, I told you there's spoilers. If you don't want to hear about this, this catch up. Anyhow, so her girlfriend steals her money. So her in, in retaliation, Piper gets her uh, sent to a maximum security prison because Litchfield is a minimum security prison. She gets her sent to a max prison. And uh, so that's the end of the second season. Uh, the prison has uh, gone from a, a facility where there's... Uh, it's gone from a public facility to a privately owned facility. So now it's owned by a, by a corporation. And the first thing that they do is uh, fire a whole lot of the, the guards and uh, lessen the number of guards that are available and uh, put more beds into the facility so then they can overcrowd the prison, which already was just like, okay, where the fuck are they going with this story? But that's the end of the last season. The last season ended with them breaking out. All the ladies found a hole in the gate in the fence and they broke out. But instead of escaping, they all went to a lake and they all went and they played in the lake. Okay, that's fine. That's the end of the second season. To begin the next season, they're still out in the lake. These two women who, again, one was named Crazy Eyes for the entire first season until they found out that her name was actually Suzanne and she's a really wonderful person. Um, her and her girlfriend, Kakudio, I think her name was, have run off. And they are running to into the woods where they're going to live together or whatever because they're both mentally disabled. They're both they both have some sort of issue that they're living with. They both have uh, some sort of uh, mental issue that they're dealing with. Um, and so they run into the woods and whatever, whatever, whatever. They end up coming back, but in that they fall apart and they break up. And, um, Piper, after getting her girlfriend sent to maximum security, she feels like she's a gangster. And you know what? To make a long story short, this whole last season was about just a disconnect. There was an absolute disconnect between reality and what's being put out there. Because 
Um, Piper is completely oblivious to the fact that there's a hole in the fence of people have escaped and she's just walking around feeling like she's a gangster. Okay, that's strike one. Then everybody comes back and they're talking about their issues and Piper's like, oh, you've got a situation where you're not um, getting the right kind of food or there's no uh, bedding for you or there's no shirt. She's talking to the new inmates. Well, you know what? My girlfriend got sent away. You sent her away, but my girlfriend got sent away. You should pity me. I'm going to put this back on me again and again and again and again and again and again. Every time somebody mentions the issue to me, I'm going to bring it back on me again and again. Oh, you're addicted to drugs? Oh, that's so sad. But my girlfriend went away, and now I don't know how to feel, and nobody respects me. And then another panty business gets started in the uh, prison. Let me go back a little bit. There's a group of Hispanic ladies, Dominican ladies, um, who have been on the show since the beginning. Never really had much to do. I mean, they had storylines, but they weren't the storyline. And I guess this season, the storyline was black lives and brown lives matter to these white writers. Because all of a sudden, just stuff just started happening. Like, the uh, enough Latino and Dominicano uh, ladies started showing up uh, that... They formed a gang. And all of a sudden, they start attacking people and, and, and just uh, standing up for one another and all that kind of stuff, which is just fine that they're standing up for one another. But they form a gang and they just start getting hostile. And so Piper feels like it is her duty to go ahead and just uh, form a community watch to make sure that there's nothing underhanded going on because that gang has also formed a panty uh, line of their own that is underselling Piper. I really wish that I could put it into words why I'm so disgusted with this show when it sounds like I'm just doing a full review of the show, but I can't. The thing about this show is that it, 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 they don't take anything that they should take seriously, seriously. They make light of almost everything. They gloss over anything like the, uh, two that I was talking about before, Suzanne and Kakudio. um, they were dating and it was cute and all that kind of stuff. But then all of a sudden at the end of the season, these two people are suddenly fighting each other for no reason. And then fighting each other leads to Suzanne having enough of an issue that she has a breakdown, which leads to, uh, there's this, uh, inmate named Puse who uh, at one point in the show, at the end of the show, she ends up with a police officer uh, holding her down with his knee in her back while Suzanne is running around trying to hit this officer acting crazy. Um, who say it's black? Suzanne is black. And um, while the officer is trying to get Suzanne calmed down, Pusay is underneath him. Now, again, I'm going to say he has his knee in her back and she is saying over and over again, I can't breathe. If you didn't think about Eric Garner when that happened, then fuck you. You live a completely different life than I do. And I am jealous. Because that's the first thing that came to my mind. It's the first thing that came to a lot of people's minds. They just walked right past it. She died because he wouldn't take his knee off her till exactly after she stopped breathing 
And then all of a sudden, they made him out to be the victim. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't know. Can I go in there and tell all the inmates that I'm sorry that she's dead? Meanwhile, Piper, who is, uh, has started this community watch group that's turned into the fucking white pride group of Litchfield Prison. Like, literally, they tell people that they're skinhead Rob and skinhead Beth and all that kind of stuff. Um, the Hispanic folks finally get tired of it. And so, after she gets them written up and filed as a gang unit, because that's what she does. She goes to the lead uh, warden, to the lead guard, and tells him, look, there's a gang running around here. They're Mexican, and they're... Uh, not the safest looking people and so him being paranoid and from a bigger prison comes out there and classifies all of them and takes photographs and puts them into his gang file so now all of a sudden they don't get to go home when they were supposed to go home and they find Piper and they brand her with a swastika which I think is appropriate because she's been acting as if she is they brand her with a swastika she goes to bed and she cries the next day, her arm starts bleeding due to the swastika that's been branded into her arm. Red, one of the uh, inmates from the show, notices it. Red and, and, and Piper, when the show started, didn't get along at all. But now for the sake of this show and for the people who are writing the show who just happen to be white, who just decided, you know what, one night is a long enough time for Piper to suffer for her plight. Red looks at the... Uh, brand on Piper's arm and says well we need to get that uh, we need to do the rest of it while it's still fresh and she takes her into the kitchen and she burns more tattoo onto her arm to turn the swastika into a window I didn't stutter I didn't uh, none of that one day they they take this swastika and make it into a window and here's the fuckery as soon as the window gets there all of a sudden Piper's like oh this is kind of pretty I feel better now I'm not crying about the pain I'm not crying about being branded or burned or scarred or anything like that I'm not thinking about the fact that I just ruin people's lives or anything like that this is such a pretty window it's like a window into my soul oh and by the way Piper smokes crack for the first time this season she's amongst uh, other people who are actually uh addicted to drugs throughout the show um and she sits down with them and she smokes crack but she just gets up and walks away from it with no repercussions no addictions no need no desire to try crack ever again she just gets up and walks away because that doesn't affect white people crack only works on poor poorer white people or, or black people so the the girl that they're smoking crack with is an addict but she's back there smoking crack and treating it like it's weed and just getting all uh mellow and and discussing her dreams and her goals and shit one black girl in the show gets killed one black woman in the show uh gets completely uh denigrated due to her mental issues um one black woman on the show laverne cox uh is not seen throughout basically the entire show uh, gets treated like shit every single episode because they decide that because she is trans which she uh, she's uh, uh, because she's trans she is super powerful and she attacks the women so they put her into uh, 
Ag said, they, they put her off into her own cell. They put her in the hole, basically, because she's trans. Not because of any other reason, but because she used to be a man, and they think that she has man strength still, so they put her into the hole. This is how they portray somebody who is transgender. They wrote this. This isn't improvised. This isn't anything. They wrote this as an actual solution. Let's put her into the hole and leave her here the entire season. And the only way that we're going to get her out, she is nothing more than a plot point for the rest of the show and the firestorm that happens. One of the plot points that happens as a result of her being in the hole and no information being told about her because all of a sudden she goes to the hole and it's like Guantanamo. Nobody wants to talk about what's happening to her. Nobody wants to tell other inmates how she's doing. Nobody wants to give her wife information on how she's doing. None of that. Her wife goes to the warden's house to find out what's going on and the warden's girlfriend, who's white, the warden's girlfriend, her only recourse to this woman who's asking about her her wife about Laverne about 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 how she's doing because she's concerned about her safety and she hasn't heard from her or anything like that the only thing that this woman can do is be hostile to her wife and then when that hostility doesn't work the only thing she could think of next is I have to I need to I must Pull a gun on her. Now stop and think about the fact that these are the warden and the warden's girlfriend of a facility. These are the closest things to officers or the commissioner of facilities that we have. In the world out here, we have police departments. In this show, we have Litchfield. At the top of Litchfield is this warden, and this is his girlfriend, the warden's wife, the warden's girl, the warden's next, the warden's whatever, who thinks the only way that she's going to be able to pull this situation together after she escalates it unnecessarily is to pull a gun on this black woman. In light of the situations that have been happening regarding black women throughout the last forever and the police, I don't think that that was very well done, Buck. I think we should look over that script again, Bob. I think we should overthink this again, Charles, because this just doesn't seem to be working out for me. But no, she pulls a gun on her. And so they pull away uh, the, the wife and her boyfriend because it, ex-wife. They pull away. They drive off because somebody just pulled a fucking gun on them and told them to leave the premises or else I will shoot because you're trespassing. You're asking questions, but you're trespassing. This is instantly escalated from zero to 100 real quick. You're trespassing. I'm going to pull a gun on you. They leave. The warden, instead of checking his girlfriend, instead of the checking happening, instead of him saying, what the fuck? Because the warden has been a bleeding heart all the way through this show. The warden has been not a bumbling schmuck, but he has been on the outside looking in all the fuckery that's been going on throughout this show. And he has always been at the point where he's like, I don't like what's going on. I don't like what's being done with the girls in my facility. I think we need to do this to help out the girls in my facility. Blah, blah, blah. He sees his girlfriend pull a gun on this inmate's wife he sees this happen before his eyes she can't lie about it because he was standing right there and she walks back in the house puts the gun back into her purse and the warden looks at her and says i am so fucking hot right now 
and they fucking have sex because he's turned on that she pulled a gun on a black woman who was looking out for the safety of her wife. Orange the New Black is a great show that is now horrible because they fucking lost something. I don't know if it's their conscience. I don't know if there if there were black people in the in the office before who were just there overseeing what they were writing, and so they had to be on the straight and narrow. But this season, once there were no black people in the office, they were like, you know, it'll be great. Let's let's have Suzanne fight to the death with her girlfriend. You, you know, it'll be wonderful. Yeah, let's have a a a, a, a Jewish black woman and a black woman who uh, a Muslim black woman fight the whole time because you know those two they bump heads all the time Jewish and and Muslims they bump heads it's like Israel and 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 like you know Syria they, they fight that was a that was a show I'm not lying I'm not trying to joke about this this was the actual show that I sat there and watched. And now I'm telling you about it so you won't. Fuck Orange the New Black. Single Simulcast episode 213-213. I want to thank y'all for checking us out. Please share it with your friends. Uh, check us out on iTunes. Check us out at singlesimulcast.com. Uh, send voicemails to 916-572-9016. Um, emails to single simulcast at gmail.com. Like to thank the folks who've been checking me out, uh, on the live feed, uh, Mike, uh, Tommy Vegas, um, all y'all. I really do appreciate it. Um, y'all be good. It's good to be back. I hope to do shows more often, but like I said, it's just really hard right now and it's really stressful but more than anything else if i don't get to say one more thing to y'all for the next couple weeks all i want to say is please just be safe and that's a misnomer because there's really no way you can be safe because if the police decide that you're not going to be safe then guess who's not safe that day that's a scary thought this is single simulcast embarrassed to tell you I know that. I'm in my office watching the game and then all hell breaks loose in our city. Reporters at our newsroom were scrambling. Producers were yelling. We turned off the lights just in case and I kept watching the game. It was another shooting in America. It was in our city this time and police officers were being killed but it was a couple of blocks away and the rangers were being shut out. This is what I have become. This is what too many of us have been for a long time now. We'll fly our flags at half-mast. We'll say all the right things. We'll make promises we won't keep, and then nothing will change. Our lives will go on while the lives of so many others won't because we expect it now and we accept it. It wasn't this way when I was a boy, but it is life in America now. But shooting a police officer is not the answer to a problem that too many people deny. Police officers are not like you and me. They're better. They run into the darkened alley where we won't go. They run into the buildings we run from. They look for the person we try to hide from. But they're not allowed to make the human mistakes that we all make because they have the power of God strapped to their hip and the authority to use it. 
When we talk about blindly supporting the blue, when we try to show our support for these brave men and women, we fail to realize we can't defend them all and we shouldn't defend them all. A white man in America doesn't die for selling cigarettes on a street corner. He gets a ticket. A white man in America doesn't die for driving with a broken tail light. He gets a ticket, too. And the officers who abuse the badge and the power they have should be punished, and too many times they're not. But what possible purpose does opening fire on the streets of Dallas do to right the wrongs too many people deal with every day? As one of those on the city streets last night told a reporter, they might have killed the good cops. A person of color has always hated to be painted with a broad brush to suffer the indignity of the stereotype so many people claim is fact. And then that killer last night did exactly the same thing, shooting at anyone in blue because don't we all really know they're all the same? America's problem has come to Dallas now, and our lieutenant governor blames the peaceful protesters because our lieutenant governor is a fool. It was not just an attack on the Dallas police. It was an attack on our basic humanity and the common decency we used to cherish in America. But that's all gone now. We lost that a long time ago. The Rangers lost last night 10 to 1, and I'm almost embarrassed to tell you I know that.